That was one of the craziest things I have ever seen. Youth suicide thrown off of a two-story freight container to the bunker floor below. Oh my God, is all that can be said. This whole scenario started out so strange. I mean, Ricky Bandera's coming to the ring and throwing you out? Let's take a look at how this all went down. It's unlucky episode 13, ladies and gentlemen, but your boys have brought plenty of cold cuts to feast on. I'm Big Meaty Cool, he's the meat guy, and Danny, how the heck are you, bud? Really good, mate, this week. How's yourself? Well, as usual, I'm better than I deserve to be, pal, and I'm hoping for a better show this week. Me too, mate. Let's get into it. Yeah, so... Wrestling shows are never going to be the best week in, week out, but Wrestling Society X's sixth episode was particularly bad. But let's see what we made of WS Extra, eh? Absolutely, mate. So, as per usual, Fabian and Lacey break down the highlights of the main show, and Fabian does an amazing job of selling Ricky Banderas's attack on him very well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I, I, I found that both of uh, Lacey and Fabian really put over um, the devastation to youth suicide in particular. They were really like hammering home the fact that this was serious. Yeah, they were. And it's another dynamic of WS Extra that I think works really well because MTV weren't necessarily going to give the main show people the time to actually talk about these sorts of things. So the fact that they've got an extra 20 minutes a week in WS Extra and that both Lacey and Fabian are proper wrestling veterans, you know, they haven't just been employed by MTV to be nameless, faceless nothings. They actually know what they're talking about. So they know what they need to get across. And yeah, they did an amazing job here of building up the fact that Hopefully, we won't see youth suicide again. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. But I have a scary feeling he'll pop up at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's got to be another Battle Royal or a 10-man tag coming up or something like that that he could maybe, you know, drop off the roof for or something. Or swallow a load of dynamite and get exploded. <laughs> yeah, or get his left nuts bitten off by a piranha or something who knows what wrestling society x is going to give us for the next uh, four weeks anything to get the gig anything to get the gig <laughs> oh definitely yeah uh, as a man who i don't think has done anything of any note since and has probably changed his name about six times who knows <laughs> definitely <laughs> but after all that highlight goodness we cut to our first match as the returning el hombre blanco and mascarado returns to the WSX bunker to face Matt Seidel, accompanied by that virtuous tramp, Lizzie Valentine. And commentary hint, Danny, that Lizzie might not be as into Seidel as Seidel is into her. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just uh, what I liked about this, was uh, more character building. Yeah, totally. And yeah, it is some really nice foreshadowing because... Lizzie does start to come out a little bit more from the background in the coming weeks. Uh, But two guys that deserve to be at the forefront 
uh, especially Matt Seidel, and I'm finding that I'm quite enjoying El Hombre, Blanco and Mascarado's shtick as well. So it is a shame, really, that he's not wrestling anymore, but let's appreciate him while we've got him, eh? Absolutely, mate. Um, I love the fact that this match, we started with a load of chain wrestling to start. I found that was very impressive. Yeah, it was great. And it's one of the things that I'm liking about early 2000s chain wrestling is that it's often done by guys that have got that little bit of athletic ability as well. And it's, it's nothing against the chain wrestling of the past or anything like that, but it's kind of giving something new to the chain wrestling yeah. aspect. So and it isn't just a spot to be done in order to start the match. It's actually a way to showcase what each person's capable of in order to show their opponent that, you know, you, you're going to see something new here. And yeah. we get that here brilliantly. And it ends with a, a lovely arm drag from Matt yeah. Seidel as well to counter the go behind. So, yeah, it was a really nice sequence to open things, I thought. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well said about um, early 2000s uh, chain wrestling because it had much more of a speed to it, didn't it? It did. And of course, you know, those younger guys incorporated a lot of the Lucha Libre style pin spots and what have you as well. So I know it's kind of a little bit hackneyed when you see it now, but when you watch an old show and you see a lot of the, you know, the, the multiple pin reversals and all those sorts of things and I, I believe it was the likes of Dean Malenko that brought that into wrestling in the 90s at least to a mainstream audience it's yeah. still something that's quite impressive to see with there's two people that can do it right absolutely mate yeah so El Hombre reverses a leapfrog into a pin attempt as both men continue to jockey for position and then Seidel hits a lovely moonsault into a reverse DDT for two followed by chops, kicks and a drop kick in the corner before he hits a shining wizard style manoeuvre that leads to a lovely slingshot drop kick from the corner. And Seidel was another guy that hit some quite underrated drop kicks as well, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And still does to this day. He does. Uh, and El Hombre attempts to fight back here, but Seidel keeps getting the upper hand and a fireman's carry backbreaker from Seidel leads to a pretzel hold but El Hombre gets the ropes to break it and then Seidel continues with forearms and chops uh, but El Hombre hits a corner kick and leg scissors followed by a spine buster but Seidel manages to power out from the pin as Lizzie cheers him on and again we get to see a lot of Lizzie Valentine doing some very underrated manager work including our favourite top to the hand and she she seems to have made an enemy in the crowd as well because they they keep focusing on this um fellow blonde girl um at the the corner of the front row where the entranceway is and uh, they seem to be giving each other the stink eye throughout this match as well don't they oh they certainly do mate i mean i wonder if there's something brewing there for a future episode well let's let's hope so but you never know they might have just thought well She's pretty. Let's 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 <laughs> film her. <laughs> <laughs> so Sidal manages to reverse another fireman's carry and hit a standing moonsault for two, but the attempt at a top rope hurricane runner gets halted by El Hombre, but Sidal hits a roundhouse while El Hombre is in the air for two. The shooting star press gets avoided 
and El Hombre hits a neck break for two before attempting a top rope move of his own, which prompts Lizzie to knock him off balance and Seidel to hit the Spanish fly for the win in seven minutes. And already, Danny, we have seen something that was better than anything on the main show last week, haven't we? Oh, we have, mate. And and the thing about this, which I loved the most about this entire match, was it 100% stayed in the ring. I don't think they went to the floor once, did they? No, they didn't. And it makes a refreshing change, really. And I, I think that's a testament to Matt Seidel's work, really, in that yeah. I think it was very rare for him full stop to actually do anything outside of the ring unless it was a grudge match. But if it was just a standard one-on-one, he kept it in the ring. And sometimes it's it's nice to have that bit of variety, really. Yeah. You know, just, just let everything be focused on the ring. Like, not everything has to be a walk and brawl, does it? No, exactly right, mate. When when I think of matches like this, the match that always comes to mind is um, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle from Royal Rumble 2003. Um, Kurt Angle's always gone on record and said not one punch was thrown in that match or they didn't go to the floor one time. And I was like, no wonder it was so good. <laughs> yeah, it literally is one of those, I mean, I say underrated. We're talking about two of the best technical wrestlers of of the time but when i say underrated it's it's one of those kind of wwe style matches where it's a complete pure wrestling contest like you say like it's if if there are any strikes it's strictly chops or kicks there's not a single closed fist and the the feud that they had while they made it evident that they didn't like each other very much with regards to storyline purposes, it was all based on who was the better wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what they would do. Like, two yeah. guys like that would look to wear themselves down with holds, wouldn't they? Rather yeah. than knocking seven bells out of each other, if you like. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it just makes for... When you see so much of, like, oh, people throwing out the ring and um, referee bumps or something, it makes all the difference in the world when you see uh, something abstain from all of that. Yeah, it really does. And don't, don't get me wrong, so, some people do that style of wrestling very well. Uh, I've very recently been on an episode of Bang Bang Podcast and we looked at a ECW show from the year 2000 and there were a lot of proponents that did the walk and brawl very well. It was a staple of ECW's main event scene, but not everything has to have a segment like that in it. It, yeah. it is nice to break up the norm you know the the perfect wrestling show does have something for everyone which ironically icw did have uh but uh, sorry which ironically ecw did have not icw um so yeah yeah that's my take on it (laughs) (laughs) but danny um same as last week when we talked about whether or not youth suicide was somebody that people were crying out to see do we think that anybody is crying out for an extension of the Eric Cannon Delicado feud? Because that's what we get uh, threatened with in our segment from Eric Cannon, don't we? We certainly do, mate. Um, apart from, I mean, no one's asking for this, but I will say it was shot very, very well. And I really enjoyed um, the camera effects that they used for um, Cannon. Yeah, it was shot very well, and don't, don't get me wrong, he, he could talk a fair bit, so yeah. good for him. But, uh, yeah, I, I knew this wasn't going to be a one-and-done, because, you know, this was an extended segment rather than a match. But, 
yeah, I, I, I'm not very excited for this. Um, I would like to be proved wrong, however. So yeah. let's see what happens, eh? Yeah, I mean, we're open to it, so let's see. Yeah, totally, totally. We then get match number two, which is a battle of the white trash teams as Alcatraz and Luke Hawks look to continue their impressive run against the Trailer Park Boys. And again, these are two teams that we're both very fond of that are kind of lumbered at the minute with stereotypical gimmicks for different reasons. Uh, But once they get in the ring, they are all business, aren't they? So I was really looking forward to this. Me too, mate. And Luke Hawks with his um, Chavo Guerrero cosplay outfit um, always made me <laughs> laugh as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. He he hasn't had time to wash his tights this week, has he? <laughs> no, certainly not. But I found, um, I mean, the first match was eight minutes with Matt Sardell and El Hombre. That's what I'll call him. That's what I'll call him. <laughs> um, but bell to bell, this match, it did tell a story, but shockingly it was four minutes long yeah it was and you probably wouldn't have noticed that i i mean this in in the nicest possible way but it felt like a longer match and i think it had something to do with the story that was being told in the ring really yeah yeah and the character work most definitely and uh our favorite alcatraz starts off in the ring with spider nate webb um, as Webb's posturing is met by haymakers. Uh, and Danny, I've got a little supplemental question for you this week. Um, is Alcatraz the wrestler that Mike Knox could have been? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I suspect that if this guy had been the first boyfriend of Kelly Kelly, um, I think it would have been a lot more impressive because nothing against Mike Knox, but he was very injury prone, wasn't he? Yeah. So, you know, I think he wasn't on ECW TV for an entire year. And then when he came back, sadly, people just weren't bothered. Yeah, yeah, that is a bit of a shame. But I will say something. I'm thinking about having Alcatraz's hairstyle uh, in the future, <laughs> give it another year where he just had all he had was the back hair and that was it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I could, I could totally pull that off, and um, as a nurse, I could probably get away with it. I could either tuck it into my collar, or if I got a ponytail big enough, I could use it as a lanyard and put my smart card on it and my ID and everything. A few yeah. pens, you know, it'd be great. Love that. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, yeah. But um, that's a good point. If he was on ECW, hmm, who knows what could have happened? Yeah, I mean, he of of all the people apart from Aaron Aguilera, obviously, yeah. of all the people on the roster for WSX, while I was very happy for the likes of Matt Seidel, and at the time I was, I admit to being happy for Colt Cabana as well, while I was happy for those sorts of guys that they were getting a look in and, you know, were with the company for, well, for varying periods at varying levels of success, Alcatraz seemed to be the guy that would have ticked all the boxes of both Vince McMahon, obviously, and at the time, Johnny Laurinaitis as well. And yeah. um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he had tryouts. I mean, this is apparently a company that I've read recently on Wrestling Inc. that the WWE have seen Jacob Fatu and Alex Hammerstone about four times and have turned them down all four times. When wow. if, if anybody's ready for WWE TV... It's those two. So oh, yeah. there's there's no accounting for the decision making there. But 
you could have easily seen at least Alcatraz taking the place of Eric Escobar in 2009, because that was a character that went nowhere. Oh, yeah, all that time in developmental just to be just nothing, really, just kind of, he was with Vicky Guerrero, and then that was it, wasn't it? That's what I remember. Exactly, and uh, yes, guys, we, we are probably teasing a future main show subject here, but yeah, Eric Escobar is one of my great missed opportunities in WWE because I've seen a lot of his developmental stuff. And again, as, as I mentioned on Bang Bang Podcast, I was one of those nerds in my office job where if I had a spare 20 minutes when I'd got my filing or my accounting stuff done, I would go on to the Deep South or OVW websites and get results and see how people were doing. And I was impressed by what little I saw online of this Eric Escobar character. So for him to be royally messed up in that way was um, absolutely criminal in my eyes. Amen, mate. That That's very, very true. He did look like a star when he came out. And I think he had a, a couple week run, wasn't it? And then that was it. Yeah, it was like he was he was pretty much. Yeah. Um, one and done really wasn't he which is a real shame really but you know some things are not meant to be uh, yeah. so there you go so back to this match um, Jug Raymond manages to jump in but he gets the same treatment from Alcatraz as well but manages a hurricane runner as Hawks then tags in from the corner Jug hits a swinging neck break of a two but gets cut with a punch from a springboard uh, before Hawks goes on an absolute tear a Slim clubs on Hawks to set up a moonsault from Ruckus and then both lads get out just in time for the ref to turn round and see Jug pin Hawks for the win in around four minutes as Keeping It Gangster and Hawks and Alcatraz brawl to the back. And I must admit, Danny, this is a feud that I want to see continue and I absolutely love the pairing of Better Mike Knox and Poundland Chavo. <laughs> that's a great uh, team name for them yeah definitely um i'm enjoying this little feud i do think that i mean this is me nitpicking but i think the referee distraction was a bit too comedy for me because it was kind of like it was like he was waiting for his cue almost the referee yeah and I, I know the picture quality wasn't the best for this video yet again but yeah. you could you could physically see the referee kind of shiftily looking to see when he was due to turn around which yeah yeah wasn't wasn't great but then given the angle that they went at in order to show that the referee couldn't see a thing there was no way that you weren't going to see it no 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 but that's the end of our in-ring portion of this show and post-match Lacey and Fabian promise that Los Pochos Guapos versus The Filth and The Fury will be on the next main show, as well as guest musical act Quiet Drive. And are you familiar with this band at all, Danny? No, I've never heard of them. Are they any good? They're... They are what they are, which probably says a lot about my musical taste more than anybody's, but they, they kind of fit into that whole more pop punkier side of alternative rock really and uh, around this time their first album would have come out and like a lot of american rock bands around this time their main hit off the album was uh, an 80s cover of time after time by cindy lauper and it wasn't bad i'll be honest 
I'll go and check it out straight after this. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I mean, they they strike me as one of those bands that Steve-O would have been listening to at the time because he went on a bit of a pop-punk kick. So he's probably very excited to see how they get on as commentators. So I will try to do an extended run of that. But just as long as they know a wrist lock from a wrist watch, I'll be happy, mate. Me too, mate. That's all you can ask for. (laughs) That is all you can ask for. And all we can ask for from you lovely meat ciders and cold cuts aficionados is to please, please, please drop us a line on Twitter at One Man's Meat Pod as we want this show to be the show that you control. So um, I, I mean this with the utmost respect, but... When we do ask you something on Twitter, do please reply because the only way that we are going to give you guys the content you want is if you actually tell us what you want. So I don't mean that to tell you off. I promise I don't. But we we want to be the show that is built for you. I mean, I, I would I would talk to Danny every week anyway. We just happen to record it. So we want this to be something for you, don't we, Danny? Absolutely, mate. Consider the telling off over. Um, And this show is nearly over as well. Uh, But Cold Cuts will be taking a break next week as we have the next episode of our main show covering Matt Bloom's first tenure in the WWE. We did say that we'd do the full lot, but Danny's research has shown that there is enough to do a part one now and a part two down the road. So that's what we're going to do, isn't it, mate? Absolutely, mate. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, we're going to be covering, I think, six years. So, um, I mean, we haven't even got to the um, Japanese stuff that he did or the Tensai or anything like that. So, yeah, we're going from 98 to 2004. Exactly. And we want to make that the best quality show that we can. So for that reason, we do not want to overlook anything so we've decided to do it in two parts instead like i say one now and then we're going to park it for a little bit later on and then when we do return to cold cuts we're actually going to be taking a one week break from the wrestling society x show because we have managed to find the casket match from iwa puerto rico pitting ricky banderas versus Vampiro and we thought it would be a good opportunity to review that match and also talk a little bit about Vampiro and Banderas's feud pre-Wrestling Society X didn't we pal? Absolutely mate and right in the throes of the feud that they're doing on WSX as well it was a nice little um, a nice little companion piece. Yeah it is so That's what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. And then we will return to the Wrestling Society X goodness. So until then, boys and girls, in the meantime and in between time, stay cold. Meat Cider!